T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. The this hour is brought to you by Vasectomy Clinics of Chicago. Line drive and a base hit into right field. Peralta up with it. And coming in to score Deluzio, Nick Madrigal, RBI single. And this is what Nick Madrigal does. Those bat-to-ball skills are elite. He's not going to hit the ball over your head out there in the outfield very often. He'll put it in play. Good solid line drive single here for Nick Madrigal. The Cubs are in action at Sloan Park and throughout the Cactus League here to talk to us about what we're seeing and what the baseball kind of looks like now. Is it's a, it's a little different. Jim Deshays calls games for you on Marquee Network. He is on Twitter at Jim Deshays, and he joins us on the Score Hotline, presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. JD, how are you? I'm good. How are you guys doing today? We're doing really well. What do you think so far now that you've had a chance to see the the new rules being enacted? Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. Our games have not been particularly quick, um, but I believe overall 238 is the number. And so, so far, mission accomplished around Major League Baseball at uh, you know picking up pace of play. Uh, it, it was noticeable game one, um, just the interplay between pitcher and catcher. It, it looked like uh, Stroman and Jan Gomes were playing a game of hot potato. I was like, you get it and throw it, you get it and throw it. Um, but I, I think, you know, obviously there's, there's going to be violations throughout spring and early in the season, and uh, it's going to be a, a period of adjustment for guys to figure it out. Uh, I think all, all the rules are going to be impactful, but that, that's the one the fans are going to notice the most, and it's going to change the game the most. I, I'm wondering how far you've gone in trying to game out the the pitching throwovers to first, and how that's going to work. And when you revisit what you would do to hold base runners on, or what you would do to try to upset the timing of a hitter by doing that, now that it's two, and then you got to get him, or it's a base, which he might be going anyway after two. So I'm how how many different permutations have you tried to imagine? Yeah, well, the, the first thing I've noticed so far is I, I've, I expect a guy to take big one-way leads and try to draw throws to first base to, to chip away at the number of step-offs 
or disengagements that, that the pitcher has. We have not seen that yet. The, the one that intrigues me the most is the first and third situation. Um, I think guys are going to be hesitant to throw over. I, I think they're going to, you know, they're not going to want to put themselves in that position where they freak out and step off and all of a sudden they balk in a run. Um, but, but that's the one. It's the first and third situation that I think is going to be most glaring. Uh, I think that's where teams are going to try to take advantage, especially if you have young pitchers out there. Uh, you can see a guy at first base just taking a huge lead, trying to draw a throw or two. Uh, because, you know, if you think back to all the baseball you've watched, how many times in high leverage late game situations like that, first and third, you've got a reliever out there with a billion things on his mind, the catcher's giving him signs, and all of a sudden we need to reset and the catcher steps out and the pitcher steps off. Well, if you've gone over twice, you can't do that. So I think you have to be willing as a pitcher, and we had a chat with Adrian Sampson the other day about this, to sacrifice a ball for a base. Just just throw it, right? Just make a pitch. Throw it a foot outside if you have to, um, just to make sure you don't you do not do something that, are, that awards a base to, to a base runner. Yes. Uh, but, yeah, I haven't gotten too deep. Uh, in terms of all the possible things that, that you could do, but that's the one that I'm most interested in. How would you attack this? If, if you were a pitcher right now, how would you attack trying to work through all of these things where would you just need to do it and live it? Or would would you want to be watching video of other people that, that have done it in the minor leagues? Like, How would you approach it? Uh, yeah, I would. I'd be talking to minor league guys for sure. You know, what did you do? What, what was what was what the game feel like? Whether whether it was the clock or the the disengagement rule. Um, and I would obviously, guys are going to have to slide step. They're going to be quick to the plate. They're going to have to try to control the running game that way, as opposed to the the pickoff throws. Catchers become more important, right, with their ability to back pick. Um, uh, and again, I've yet to see base runners really try to take advantage of it, and that's a little bit surprising, but obviously we've only played two games. So I expect we're going to see a little bit more as the spring goes on. I think everybody's just trying to get used to the pitch clock right now. JD, have you and Boog talked about how you guys are going to work with this as far as a broadcast goes? Because whether it's the, where it is, like it has the production truck talked to you guys and said, we're going to put a bug in, in here. And it's going to be in this part of the television screen. Like there's so much that, that I, that I think is interesting about all of this as we end up consuming baseball. Yeah. Well, yeah, obviously people are going to want to see the clock and, we, and we, I think we've done a good job so far, especially in our home park here in game one of, of showing the clock. Um, I, I don't know technically exactly how it all <clears throat> how it's going to play out, but we'll, we'll be on the clock for sure. Um, and I think from the production standpoint, the biggest challenge is going to be replays, right? Because, you know, a guy hits a home run and you want to show a couple looks at it, but you've got to be cognizant that the hitter's got 30 seconds to get in the box and the pitcher's got, you know, you know 20 seconds to make a pitch. So things are going to happen quickly, and I think it's going to be a real challenge for the producer to, to decide, you know, exactly how many looks we're going to get at a – at a, at a home run or a big defensive play uh, before we have to go back to live action. I think it'd be a lot of two box. I, I think the best way to do that is just when in doubt on these giant screens that we have, just show both and you know, you're getting that other look at it. And, and if our, we can, we can have to split our attention a little bit to keep up with what's going on. I, I can handle that. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. And, and you know, there, there's always an opportunity to go back, you know, a pitch or two later, to, you know, to show home run or a significant play. You don't have to be on it right away. It also changes the time that you have to tell a story. I mean, one of the nice things about baseball is is spending kind of a 
meandering afternoon with, you know, with you and Boog sort of in my house with me hanging out. And maybe you'll, you're spinning a yarn about the Astros back in the day. And it's, it's the, the rhythm of that's going to change. Yeah, I, I think a, a little bit, but I don't, you know, imagine it'll be too, too much of an issue. You know, I, I, we're kind of going back to, you know, for playing two hour and 30 to to 35 games, that, that's what it was like, you know, back in the eighties. And I think guys were, you know, able to get their stories out there and uh, it will be an adjustment for us because, you know, I wasn't doing games in the eighties. I was, I was still playing. Um, so it, it will be a little bit different, but I don't anticipate it being a big problem. So now that you've had I mean, how, a, how long does it take to make a lame Seinfeld reference anyway? <laughs> <laughs> don't spoil don't, the bit. Don't give it away. <laughs> giving away all of our secrets. Yeah. Um, you've been there now. You've had an opportunity to kind of look at this. Is As camp has gone on, what are the things that you're excited about to, to call this season? I, I just think we're going to be an interesting club. Um, you know, I think there's a wide range of outcomes for this team. Uh, th- there's a lot of new faces, a lot of guys trying to bounce back and, and kind of reestablish themselves as frontline players. So, so there's a lot of ifs, and, and you know, so, so most of those ifs get answered in a positive way. Uh, we're going to be pretty good. If, if they don't, we're going to we're going to struggle. Um, but but we're going to be interesting. You know, in, in my mind, we've got some really interesting stories to tell. Obviously, the addition of Swanson is huge. Bellinger, what could, what you know, what, how close could he be to the guy he was, you know, three years ago or so? He's only twenty seven, twenty eight years old, whatever it is. So you you got to believe there's there's something in there. Uh, Mancini's another one. Uh, Tyone, uh, I I like our starters. You know, we don't necessarily have a bona fide a stud at the top of the rotation, but I feel pretty good that we're going to run out a credible guy every fifth day. Um, so I think depth of the starting rotation is good. Um, you know, we'll see what the, what the bullpen looks like as we get deeper into the spring and how that all shakes out. Uh, but it, yeah, so I, I think we're going to be a far more interesting club to watch this year than we were last year. I think Jed Hoyer made a great point back in October when he said the best teams blow teams out. And I've been thinking about what that does and how you got to get those three run homers on on that day to sometimes say, you know what, we have earned ourselves some low leverage time here, which can be developmental time. It can set up your bullpen for the remainder of the series or the next series. And it just last year, every game was so close and they won some and they lost some. But I I think it's going to be real nice to maybe just have and hopefully say a Suzuki's okay, but just to have some opportunities to, to, to break some days open that you didn't have last year. Yeah, and that's you know it's it's kind of this um, trope that uh, you know the good teams figure out a way to win and they win close games. No, and, and, and Jed is spot on. Yeah, the good teams blow people out. Uh, there, there is no you know inherent knowledge that we know how to win close games. Uh, you either win or you don't. And yeah, and you, you need to score a whole bunch of runs. I think uh, I think run prevention with, with our defense will be really good this year. Uh, kind of suits our pitching staff. A lot of pitch to contact guys, and really good up the middle with with Nico and Swanson. Both catchers are good defensively. Bellinger's, you know, really good out there in center. Um, need to hit more home runs. You know, that's that's, that's the bottom line. Need to slug uh, uh, significantly better than they did last year. With the new shift rules, have have you seen anything early on that gives you an indicator of how the game might change because of it? Yeah, you know, I don't know that the batting average and balls in play will increase significantly. It's got to come up a little bit, right, especially for lefty pull hitters. I've seen a couple base hits 
go through the right side, um, not necessarily the four hole, but between the, the second baseman and the, and the bag, where in the past you would have anticipated, anticipated maybe the shortstop would have been there to make a play. So I've seen a couple of those already. Um, so, you know, that that's going to create um, more fun baseball, right? You're going to see guys going first to third. You're going to see second baseman having to cover more ground, making athletic plays. I think that makes Mika Horner a more valuable player than he was uh, before the – um, when we were allowing shifts because he's going to have plus range out at second base. Um, yeah, but in terms of overall big picture, how, and what, what the numbers are going to look like, uh, I would imagine it's going to be a modest increase in terms of batting average. Talking with Jim Deshays on the Bernstein and Holmes show, the Cubs are soldiering on through the spring training season, and their former catcher is embracing a, a new antagonistic role it seems this is going to be fun isn't it <laughs> i saw that clip yesterday uh he's a he's poking a little bit yeah um, yeah it, you know what though when, when it's all said and done when when he comes back at you know at the end of his career to Wrigley field uh, the fans are going to love it um but, but it is going to be interesting this year when he shows up to see how they respond um uh, it, it, he's kind of like playing the, the the wrestling victim or villain uh uh, I like this organization better because we do things the cardinal way. You know, whatever that means, everybody has their way. Uh, generally, it means you play good baseball. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm all in. It's going to be fun. What would you deem a successful season for this group of Cubs? Uh, well, I would just you know stay in the hunt, um, make Jed think hard at the trade deadline, what he wants to do in terms of improving the club. If, you know, if, it, if it's something that is, you know, makes sense to him. Um, again, like I said, there, there's a wide range of outcomes. Um, how many games do you need to win to claim one of these wild card spots? I don't know that number. It's, you know, how do you handicap that? Is there a 10% chance of that happening? A 20% chance of that happening? It's hard to say. Um, but if everything falls in line, I think this team could surprise a lot of people. I know that Matt Mervis has some important things to do before the Cubs season starts, like leading Team Israel to the World Baseball Championship. That's right. But I'm also wondering if you think he's going to contribute to the Cubs this year. Is there room for him on the roster? Uh, I, well, I think he's going to start the year in AAA, um, unless there's injuries here in, in spring training that opens, opens up a spot for him. Uh, I think they're in find-out mode right now. I mean, he kind of burst onto the scene last year um, and got everybody's attention. Um, he's a big, strong kid. I talked about it on the broadcast yesterday. Physically, he reminds me of Rizzo. Um, but we've we got to see how he handles major league pitching. We've got to see how he settles in. Uh, Ross, he talks about you know a kid that asks all the right questions, has that look in his eye, really knows what he's doing. Uh, he's a mature guy from everything I hear. So I don't think he'll be overwhelmed by the big league scene. So for him to ultimately get up here and get a significant amount of playing time this year, I would not be surprised. Uh, a lot depends on what the guys do who are going to have the opportunities ahead of them. You know, Mancini, Hosmer, um, if they perform, then you know he'll, he'll be stuck a little bit in AAA. If they struggle or get hurt, he might get his opportunity. J.D., I, I, I get that you know every season is its own story. And if the answer to my question is nothing, I'm totally okay with that. What do you think was gained by how well the Cubs played in the second half of last season? Uh, I, I, I kind of lean towards nothing. I, it's mostly it, it becomes a nice talking point to be able to say they finished strong and there was something to build on. But yeah, I think each each season is a new season. Um, 
give credit where credit is due. Guys, I think the pitching was really good towards the end of the year. Uh, the competition was a little softer. You know, the schedule wasn't as robust towards the end of the year, so I think that helped. Um, but, you know, the, 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 the old adage, you can get fooled by September and spring training, and I think that, that might have been in play a little bit too. Um, but, yeah, it was, I mean, obviously they, they played well down the stretch, and it's uh, something for folks to get excited about. I know we're joking a little about Wilson Contreras, but the truth is you mentioned the run prevention side. Going with a, an actual Gold Glove winning catcher and a, a multiple Gold Glove finalist catcher to allow these the, the understanding that the organization seems to have with how important that relationship is. I'm wondering now with, with pitch calm and now with everything being sped up, were the Cubs ahead of something? In, in recognizing this, in the way the pitching infrastructure has brought these guys up and now saying, look, the most important thing we can do is have catchers who make you comfortable and catchers that can help you do your jobs to the best of your abilities. It seems like it's timing up nicely with where the game is going. Yeah, and I think it might have something to do with the Cubs manager too, right? David yeah. Ross being a, you know, being a catcher and being a catcher who was uh, really engaged with his pitchers. You know, that was his priority as a catcher, I, I think. Um I, I think he that really matters a lot to him, um, and I, I don't know exactly what the relationship was between Wilson and his pitchers. They all loved him, um, <clears throat> but some guys are better at, at, at working a game than others. And I think the Cubs made a decision. You know, certainly, they're trading offense, right? <laughs> they're one of the best offensive catchers in the game, but they were willing uh, to move on from that and emphasize two guys who really, you know, know how to handle pitchers, know how to work a game. Um, kind of in line with, you know, what we talked about earlier with Swanson and Horner up the middle and, and Bellinger in center. Now you've got um, a really good defensive core there. Um, yeah. So w- whether they anticipated, you know, with pitch clock and all that coming in, that that relationship would be even more important, whether they recognize that and did this intentionally, or if it was just, you know, we just want to make sure we've got two really good defensive guys back there to work with our pitching staff. I don't know the answer for sure. J.D., you're the best, man. We appreciate you. Oh, my pleasure. Great to be with you guys. That is Jim Deshays, your Cubs TV analyst on Marquee Network. Next up, Football Talk with Michael David Smith. That's coming up on The Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. 
Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame... You deserve this ice-cold reward. Modelo, the markable fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Bernstein and Holmes, middays 10 to 2. On Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. I can tell you that we have flexibility. We have, we have flexibility where if there's opportunities where we can, you know, turn that into a lot of players that come in to help us, we can do that. If it's staying put or, or being selective with certain people, uh, we can do that as well. So I know my expectation, our expectation, is that we move the needle to be more successful. We can win some of these close games and, and bring in guys that can impact this football team. Sounds good. Developing news. Ryan Poles making phone calls. <laughs> Bears might trade the pick. Oh, my God. Well, well Dan, wait. We don't know if he's making phone calls. One would suspect, and this is developing, so we got to be careful here. Um, But one would suspect that the phone calls are being made to Ryan Poles instead of him making. I know it's a distinction, but that's what happens when you have developing news. Michael David Smith is the managing editor of Pro Football Talk. He is on Twitter at Michael D.A.V. Smith, and he's with us on the Score Hotline. Presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Michael, what's going on? How are you? Hey, Dan and Lawrence. Good talking to you guys. It's good talking with you too, MDS. We didn't know that that was a thing until last week when when Florio was on and he referred to you as MDS. I was like, oh, I mean, I guess obviously it makes sense because those are your initials. I didn't know that that was a thing. That's what they call me, MDS, when... In a few settings of my life, people call me Mike or Michael, but most people, my wife calls me MDS, my colleagues call me MDS, so you guys I consider friends, you guys can call me MDS as well. All right, MDS, let's talk about this developing news story that seems very, very important and and not at all something that we all saw coming. What, What do you make of now people being more comfortable with allowing their thoughts on trading up to the number one spot to be known? Well, yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, I I really think the fourth overall pick with the Colts makes a lot of sense. I think I get a feeling that Jim Ursay is already pressuring his people, go up and get us the best quarterback. That's what we need. And I have a, a pretty strong feeling that the Bears will get a pretty good offer from the Colts and also probably some pretty good offers from other teams who would like to move ahead of the Colts. So I think the bears have to feel very good about that. I would push back a little bit though, on this idea that the bears just can't even consider a quarterback that they have to be locked in with Justin Fields. I think the bears will also 
evaluate the quarterbacks in this draft. And yes, I think they should consider it. Ultimately, I don't think they'll do it. I think they'll remain committed to Justin Fields. I think they'll get a lot of good picks from a trade down. But I think the Bears wouldn't be doing their jobs if they're not also at least evaluating the other top quarterbacks and, and looking closely at is there a guy on this in this draft who we think will one day be a better quarterback than Justin Fields? I, I think it's something they should consider, but I do think ultimately they'll end up trading down. Well, at the very least, you have to be seen doing it. You, know, you have to make yeah. sure. like that. That's, to me, the most important thing is sort of the, the strategic piece there is, of course, you want to be open-minded. There's no downside to it, no matter what you're thinking now. And you've got to keep people guessing. And this is that yeah. time, time of year where that's half the battle. The absolute stupidest thing they could do is say, hey, we are so committed to Justin Fields that not only are we ruling out drafting a quarterback, we're going to tell you right now that we're staying at number one and drafting Will Anderson because we think, Fields is our guy on offense, and he's going to be our guy on defense. That would be a really stupid thing to do. The best thing is make all the other teams think anything could happen at the number one pick, and if you've got a guy you want, the only thing you can do to guarantee you'll get that guy is trade up with the Bears. Walking into the combine, what do you think is the most interesting story? Well, it's funny. With the combine itself, I think one of the real interesting stories is how many of the top players are starting to push back on, I don't really need to go through all the on-field drills. I don't need to go through all the workouts. Yes, I'm going to show up and talk to coaches and general managers. Yes, I'll get a physical. But it's an interesting thing that, you know, Demoris Smith said right before the Super Bowl, and I think these were some interesting comments that kind of got lost in the Super Bowl hype week. But Demora Smith of the NFL Players Association really said, we'd prefer there not even be a combine. We don't see why the, the people in our line of work, professional football players, are the only people who are poked and prodded like this before they go into their careers. And I think some of the top players may be taking that to heart and saying, yeah, you know, you've already seen that I can play football from watching my film. I don't have to do it in these controlled circumstances that you guys set up. I think we're starting to see that the the part of the combine that everybody watches on television, the 40-yard dash and the vertical jump and the position drills, I think we're starting to see that the top players feel like I've already proven what I have to do and that. And it's going to be more and more about guys who are like fifth, sixth, seventh round picks trying to perform well and turn themselves into third or fourth round picks. Which is fine. I, I have no yeah. problem with that, but I also I, I like the fact that the the newly empowered players, especially those who are now coming through college, making money off their name, image, and likeness, and with control over where they can play, that they're not they're, they can tell the NFL, you know what, do your jobs. You're 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 these highly paid scouts. You figure it out. I'm not. It's not on me to try to do make make your job that much easier by submitting myself to all this stuff. I'm totally with them on that. Yeah, and you know, C.J. Stroud actually did talk a little bit about how hey, I had some pretty nice NIL offers to stay at Ohio State for another year. I don't think he was really giving a lot of consideration to not turning pro. I mean. There is still more money in the NFL, and also you can get some pretty good endorsement deals while you're in the NFL. But 
I liked the fact that he, before he announced he was turning pro, he did take some time to look at, hey, how much could I get in NIL if I stay in Ohio State for another year? Where would I stack up in the 2024 draft if I had a good year at Ohio State? I think it's a good thing if more players are thinking about taking complete ownership of their whole careers and telling the teams that, you know, this isn't just you tell me to jump and I say how high quite literally at the scouting combine. This is I'm going to follow the path that I think is best for my career. Michael David Smith, a.k.a. MDS, joining us here on Bernstein and Holmes. I, I'm curious on what you think, knowing all the people that you know around the league, talking to folks, where do you think these front offices go wrong in their evaluations of quarterbacks? Because obviously it happens every year. And obviously we see people rise up and fall down, not even necessarily based on what their tape was in college. So how, what are the mistakes that the, the scouting complex in the NFL ends up making when it comes to the quarterback position? Well, I, I think that there is a bit of a focus on things that not everyone sees. And it's almost like outsmarting yourself by saying, well, yeah, he, he looked really good on the football field as a player, but we know more and so we know things about like studying this guy and having these uh, interviews and doing the workouts. And we get an idea of, well, he doesn't have the, the, the traits that we wanted at his pro day, and that's going to knock him down on our board. And, and I think Jalen Hurts is kind of an interesting example of a guy who is just both at Alabama and at Oklahoma, just kind of a good football player. And everyone could see that he was a good football player, but he went to the second round because people looked at him and thought, well, he just, he doesn't look exactly like the way we think a pro quarterback looks. And, and, and that, that just, he just somehow isn't quite right for it. And I actually think it, I, I sometimes wonder would the draft boards that teams kind of assemble as a first draft in January, would those prove to be more accurate, a better reflection of how good the players really become than the final draft boards that they use in April? Because I just think sometimes it becomes like information overload and maybe more so at the quarterback position than any other, where they spend so much time studying every single thing that they can possibly think of that they forget to just look at the fundamental question of was this guy a good football player at the college level? which is most of what it takes to be a good football player at the pro level. This is a corollary of my Super Bowl prediction theory. Uh-huh. I, I, I say this every year. I say the moment the conference championship games are over and you know who's playing and you know relative health, make your call because it's probably going to be right when you think, oh, this team's going to win or this team's not going to win. Because t- after two weeks of all the noise, by the time the ball's kicked off, you're convinced anything is going to happen. And I think what you're describing is a, a, maybe even a more severe case of that happening with a lot more variables. Yeah, I, I love that. You know, the two weeks between the conference championship games and the Super Bowl, they, they may be good for keeping people like us in business, because a lot of people want to hang on every word 
that we can say about what's going on in the football world as they're getting excited for the Super Bowl. But none of nothing changes between the conference championship game and the Super Bowl. And nothing really changes between the college football playoff championship game and the NFL draft. And yet, you know, sometimes a guy does great at the combine and, and moves up and that proves to be a good thing. But plenty of times a guy does great at the combine moves up and it turns out, yeah, actually there was a reason he had to move up at the combine. And that was because he wasn't all that great a player in college. And so, yeah, I, I like that analogy that whether it's, two weeks between the AFC and NFC championship game and the Super Bowl, or three months between the end of the college season and the draft. What are you really learning? You're not learning all that much. What's going on right now with teams petitioning the league when it comes to the the, the roughing the passer rule? And Dan and I are pretty passionate about this because we feel like because Justin Fields is big and strong, he sometimes doesn't get the calls that other quarterbacks do. But the, the league reviewed all of this and and didn't come up with much? Yeah, I mean, what the league basically said was we did a long review of roughing the passer calls every single time it was called and also every time that coaches sent a play into the league and asked why wasn't that called. And, And they said it's almost always called correctly. But, you know, I have a real problem with that because I just don't think those of us who watch games every week agree with that. And, you know, Roger Goodell said a couple of days before the Super Bowl, oh, you know, NFL officiating has never been better. And I just think there should be higher standards. And what teams are talking about is a rule that would allow instant replay to review roughing the passer. It it sounds like there's also quite a bit of resistance to that. It would require three-fourths of the teams to vote in favor of it, to add it to the list of reviewable plays. But yeah, there's no question that, that we, whether the NFL wants to admit it or not, we see roughing the passer calls that are wrong. We also see non-calls that are wrong. And, and I definitely think if you're a Bears fan, and if you're a fan really, yep. I would say, of a team with a running quarterback in particular, I know Ravens fans have been saying this for years about Lamar Jackson, it does feel like running quarterbacks take more than their fair share of those hits that don't get called. If you're a Bears fan, you would definitely benefit, I think, from more consistency on roughing the passer. Michael David Smith, always terrific. Thanks for taking time for us. Thanks for talking to me, guys. That is Michael David Smith, the managing editor of Pro Football Talk. Imagine having to spend that much time around Mike Florio professionally. Yeah, I I, I can imagine it. I, I think it might be fun. <laughs> I'm taking a shot at I feel, I feel like Florio might, he's got interesting thoughts on things. That is true. That we know. We've got thoughts on things as well. Like, I don't know if you saw, Damian Lillard had 71 points last night. I did see it, and it was gorgeous. I woke up to it and went back and watched the highlights and some of these effortless logo pull-ups. Like, that's in my range, and I'm just going to shoot that. Okay. Watching the way that the defense had to extend with him throughout the game. But there, there was something else about it, Dan. This was... To me, the basketball equivalent of baseball's three true outcome. I'll explain what I mean next here on The Score. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. 
Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Bernstein and Holmes, middays 10 to 2 on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. Bullard sets his feet, leans back a three. Got it, Damian Lillard. Seven threes on the night and 10 attempts. He has 36. Dave will bring it out of backcourt. A burst into the lane. Flushed him with a right hand. Damian Lillard right down the boulevard with a right hand jam. Sets his feet, leans back for three. Got it. Damian Lillard, a career high. The three-pointer for Lillard is 12th of the night. 64 points for Damian Lillard in 35 minutes, and the crowd is on their feet. Dame will sprint out on the sideline to get the rock. High dribble into the lane, running right-hander up and in. Damian Lillard with that runner. 71 points, a career high. That ties Donovan Mitchell, who did it against the Bulls that same number this year. What is Lillard now at the eighth or the ninth player? I forgot what number we were at with Mitchell. To- seventh. He was seventh, so Lillard's eight, right? I, I thought it was seventh. That he was the seventh player to go over seventy, and now it's it's he's in third place for the most sixty-plus games. In NBA history, Lillard is tied with Mitchell, Elgin Baylor, and David Robinson for the eighth most points okay, scored so in a game in NBA history. There you go. Correct. There you go. 41 points and eight threes by halftime. 22 of 38, 13 of 22 threes, 14 of 14 for the foul line, and drug tested immediately after the game. Immediately after <laughs> the game. And we'll, we'll get to that in a second. Also, by the way, six rebounds, six assists for Damian Lillard in the game. Here's what it was. If you're watching it, and if you watch Dame on a night when he's got it going, to me, it's the equivalent of the the true three baseball outcomes. Like I, with this, walk, strikeout, home run. Th- all this was was layup or dunk, three pointer, free throw. That's what it was with Dane. That's what it's supposed to be. Exactly, but not everyone can pull it off. But I, I thought from a an efficient, if you're someone that's an efficiency wonk, he gave you a super efficient 70-point game because, oh, you know, if you're going to push me off of the three-point line, I'm going to go to the basket. Like, look at his or shot Or I'm going to go chart. to, like, the five-point line back yes. here. Yep. Or I'm going to go step on the Trailblazers logo and take a shot from half court to make a play. I His game, like, the thing that amazes me about him, it's a little bit different from Steph, where Steph is frenetic. Constantly yes. moving off the ball, yes. off the ball, off the He's ball. He's making you pay for guarding him. You're going to go through a couple of screens on the baseline, you, you better have your track shoes on if you're dealing with... With Dame, it's so controlled. Like, he's in control of himself. He never looks rushed. He never looks like you're, make, you're making him do what you want to do. It's more of him choosing from possession to possession of how he's going to mess with you. It's a lot of the stuff DeMar does except worth more. 
Yes. It's so fun to watch. And to contrast that, what we're talking about here, yesterday's Bulls game, according to uh, Jeff Fairer, friend of the show and friend of the organization's Win Championships podcast, part of Future Sox as well. Future Sox! Yesterday was the first time in Bulls history, but the eighth time in NBA history, a team has won by at least 20 by shooting at least 33s at less than 30% and shooting 65% or better from two. So it was the ultimate Bulls game. Struggle from three, killers from two, win by 20. Know that you can't sustain that. Yeah, See, it wasn't very enjoyable. It was awful. Oh, it was complete misery. We knew we knew that we were recording after the show. Jason fell asleep. Did he really? During the game. And I, and I, and I, yeah, that's because he's running hills. I, well, he had two hours. Of, he, he was oh, at, that's right. He had the hockey. and He was at a party Saturday oh. night. Oh. And then, Work hard, play hard. And then he then immediately awake, and then two hours of hockey, and then he was, and the, that Bulls game could put anybody to sleep. It was but I, but really I, so not I, good. I like rousted him for the fourth quarter. Like, look, we have to record the pod after the show. You can't fall asleep. I'm fine. I'm not asleep. I can hear. I'm I'm, I'm hearing. Why what's all going of a sudden on. is Jason Bernstein Rocky Balboa? No, he's just because you know how it is. It's like uh, I'm I'm not asleep. Are you, are, it's like I'm mo- just resting my eyes. In the morning. Are, are you out of bed? Yes. No. Are you out of bed? Yes. If I open the door right now, will you be in bed or out of bed? And then you hear him moving around. Out of bed. But you weren't before. <laughs> yes, I was. That's every damn day. Go to college already. You're going to cry, I though. know. I know. It's going to suck. It's going to be a nightmare but i'll figure it out but it was one of these games where you're just like Ugh. and then you see lillard it's like that's what it is it's that's his, that's the game his game is so poetic and he seems to get it and he's never going to win a title and it stinks that he's never going to win a title and he's probably never going to win a title partially because of his loyalty and the fact that he's like i i'm i mean you know i trust the it, he's he's on the other end of the spectrum from the player empowerment standpoint where he's like, okay, I'm here. I'll trust them to build a championship around me. I'll re-up a couple times, and they're not doing it. And he hasn't been the guy that's like, get me the hell out of Portland. Like, he clearly has a love affair with that city, and that city clearly has a love affair with him. But at the end of it, we're going to look at, at Damian Lillard's career and be like, wow, that guy never really had a chance. He never had a chance to win a championship, and he never cried about it. He didn't push his way out of town or anything like that, but it's too bad because of how great of a player he is, how much fun he is to watch, how absolutely impossible it must be to guard him because of what he does and how flawless he is when you see him rise up. Like, some guys take, like, I, I'm not a big Trey Young guy. I think Trey Young's doing an act. I think Trey Young looked at Steph Curry's game and was like, I can do some of that stuff. And he can, but he's not willing to go the whole way with it to make himself an exceptional player. Where with Dame, it's just silky smooth. And it's... His jumper looks like a set shot. And the, the the range that he has, the way that he's developed his game offensively, 
is magnificent. You want to hear his career similarity scores on basketball reference? Yes, I very much this would. Is, this is sweet. These are the most similar players in using win shares over a career. Okay. Kevin Johnson, Russell Westbrook, George Gervin, Sidney Moncrief, Chauncey Billups, his coach, Steve Nash, Sam Jones, Bill Sharman, Allen Iverson, and Walt Frazier. Yeah, that's a good list. I mean, that's just a good list. That's a good list of guys. Honestly, you got George Gervin and Sidney Moncrief back-to-back. It's interesting because there's, like, I would never comp Nash to Iverson, but you can see both of those things in Dame's game. Yep. Like, oh, I'll take all this stuff that Nash does, but I'm also going to play the way that Iverson does. And mm-hmm. and you go, there's a similarity. He's just fun, man. I had a bl- So they did drug test him. They did, and he says... Come on, man. He said, I know I've got a lot of tattoos, but when you're doing a blood draw, it's different from tattoos. I, I mean, we've heard this before, right? Derek said the same thing. He doesn't like needles? But he's he's got tats on his throat. Yeah, I'm still bruised from blood draws yeah, I don't, last I week. I think I'm good. The phlebotomist just butchered me. I don't know if it's the same woman. 4 a.m. They're running. Comes up. in, wakes, wakes me up. I'm here to draw your blood. Okay, great. Ow! It's like, I mean, I don't turn on a light or do something. But just jab it away. Come on. Do better than that. Well, I mean, you got they gotta get better. Gotta get better. Gotta get better. I I noticed when I had my blood draw that the hospital, at least UFC, seemed overwhelmed. Like there's so many people getting blood drawn and so many tests being run. Like it it was it was legitimately 30 to 45 minutes. Wow. That's a long wait. It was a really long wait. Um, which is you know why I took the day off because you have to get all that stuff done. But I just feel like I don't know if there is a short that we've had like a a bunch of phlebotomists that left the industry because of COVID or whatever. But it does seem like there's a shortage. You got to get a good one too because you get you a, need it. You get a bad phlebotomist, that's no good. But I think you get that a they're bad stick. It hurts. Yeah, but I think they're kind of just churning and burning now. Like, you got to get through all of this stuff. But the lady that wakes you up at four in the morning, like, she's got a little bit of time. And, you know, like, let's find a good vein. Yeah, turn a light on. It's all right. Or, or have, or have like, the, the, the miner's lamp or something. Like, you can just sort of. Do you have what the phlebotomists call good veins? I think so. Like I, they can see them pretty easily and get to them. Yeah, I mean without... for the for the angiogram, they got they got the whole catheter thing that's right in first first crack, oh, the little tiny I, one. I love that little you're doing your hospital thing. You little guy here here. Oh, for the IV. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like it, it, I've I've never had an issue with that. So I guess now, that's lucky. Now that hurts. Like there are not a lot of things in a hospital where I'm I'm usually not phased by a lot of it. But that hurts. Like when you get that, it's got to get in there, and it's like, oh, that stings a little bit. Yeah, but then once they put the port in, and you're good, and then they slap down the big adhesive thingy, and you know, all right, fine. And then I said, okay, so when they come to take my blood, they can just use the port, right? And they said, no. Like what? That's the whole point like, of the port. Is that why I have it? So they can take and the, the port. They can take the, the the blood out of this. Like no, they like to do their own stick on the other arm. Like well, what the hell? What are we doing? 
Why am I a pincushion? Like, right? that does no good. He's sticking me with all this stuff. Next up, we're going to get back to baseball. We talked about the strategy of the pitch clock. Well, let's talk through what we're going to want as consumers, as viewers, and how we're going to want the the clock presented to us. I like that idea. Because I think we need to figure this out. I, I, I'm not sure I know the answer yet. I mean, the four of us kind of went around the room, and we were all kind of in different places on this. So maybe we're a reflection of the audience when it comes to this, so we will discuss. That's next. It's Bernstein and Holmes on The Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. 